this? This is, this is Diversified, Diversified Game. 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 A podcast giving entrepreneurial advice from a diverse and inclusive perspective with Kelly. He may agree, he may oppose, and it's more than just race, it's about, you know, ideas. Tyson. When you're going against the odds, you've got to be creative, you've got to innovate, you've got to stand out. And AL. Focus more on execution and application and less on excuses. So, let the game begin. Hey, it's Kellen. And of course, AL. And today, you guys, we have a treat for you all the way from Ghana. We have Larray Thomas. You can check her out while watching this or listening to this on the podcast at LarrayThomas.com. You might see her face and say, wait, I've seen her somewhere before. Or maybe you visited New York City, her home state. Maybe you've traveled all around the world and you've ran into her. Maybe you've seen her on various TV shows, including most recently House Hunter International, where she showed a lot of flavor to that show. Lorraine, welcome to the show, Diversified Game. How you doing? I added some seasoning to the show. <laughs> we, we've had Richard Blanco from HGTV on here before. And before you, that he was the most seasoned person, you know, because he has a, a little bit of flair. But when my wife and I and the kids were watching, we said, man, that's a star over there. So, you know, you just kind of stood out. And, um, it, yeah, it was, it was a great show. Um, let's jump into that since we're talking about that. How did that come about? Um, I've been in Ghana for about, it's about to be two years. Matter of fact, next month will be two years. So um, on a previous show that I worked with in the past, when the producer was like, hey, I think you should do this. So I submitted a casting thingy. I forgot what it was. And they called back. And I was like, all right, I'm going to do it. <laughs> and why not, why not document that part of my life? I think it's pretty awesome. And um I'm happy with the results. They did a good job. I was kind of a little wary, like, I don't know, ain't many black people on this show. I don't know how they're going to tell the story. <laughs> but they did a good job. Can you take our audience, our podcast is all about getting into the nitty gritty and how things start. So here's another show. Miss Lorray has been blessed many times just to be cast. Sometimes she doesn't even audition. It just comes about where maybe a friend like Tanisha will say, tell somebody about her. But when, how does it go when you go and check these houses? Do you only see three houses? Do you already have your house picked out? Then they show you two other houses? Or do you go on like a long journey of seeing many houses, but they only make it seem like it's three? I mean, you may have a, it depends on the person. Mm -hmm. I don't tell about my story, but um, I saw many houses, but you don't have time for that. Like the show is only a half an hour and they have to, show you a few houses and tell your story to make it interesting like why should i care about you what what is so great about you that okay you're moving abroad what else um so just television right they're gonna take the best three or the the three they feel like is uniquely catered to your story and show those because you don't have enough time to show all the houses most people have seen like five ten places before they actually make a commitment, right? Mm -hmm. 
Nobody got time for that. Like, who want to be looking at five, ten places? Your attention span don't have enough for that. Um, so you're just looking at three. You, well, Ghana is kind of unique because of the process can be a little different when it comes to looking at places. The real estate agents here, they are usually by the district or the ward that they are familiar with. It's very few that actually can interchange within districts and interchange within cities. Not all of them can do that. So it can be a little challenging finding places here. Like I looked in nine different areas and actually I lived in nine different areas before I actually picked the place that I landed on. And I did that because I want to, when you move into a new country, you want to really understand the dynamics of what you're moving into. Sometimes people just jump into it and you find that they move a lot because they don't like the area. Um, so listening to other people that did it before, I was very clear at the lifestyle I wanted to create. And since I don't like traffic, it was very important to me for me to find a place that can make sure that I don't be in traffic. So it was what I did. Excuse me, sorry. I'm in someone's home. <laughs> no, no, no worries. Don't worry. Hi, ladies. So I'm doing an interview. Uh, thank you. So where were you? You were saying a New Yorker who doesn't like traffic, which was like, you know, I hate traffic, but my goodness. Can be like crazy. It's insane. You could be in traffic for hours. It's December, people about to find out real easy that they're gonna be in traffic for four, six hours just to get to the next freaking neighborhood. It's not gonna be pretty, I can't do it. So I made sure I was in a neighborhood that was not, I don't have traffic in my lifestyle, like not. Nah. I figured it out. <laughs> I figured it out, <laughs> like I couldn't do it. So here, here's a question for you, Lorraine. Uh, what um, brought your travels from New York uh, to Ghana where you are right now? Um, I chased my roots back to Ghana a while back but before that I uh, I left my career and decided to travel around the world. I was traveling like every month on leisure because I was just sick of my job and I felt like I deserved it and it was going to say nothing so at one point I felt like I just need to stay gone like I didn't care to be in America anymore and on a journey, I spent um, four and a half months in Asia, two and a half months in Europe, and I was supposed to be in Africa for three months and then go to South America, but I never left Africa. I decided to stay, like, what am I going back for? And then in South America, I can get there eventually. It's really cheap to jump around there. But here, I just felt like, I don't know, I just needed to stay. Something just told me that, like, just navigate and just stay here so I did I chose Ghana because I traced my roots back here and before I navigate and jump around to other or migrate to other African nations I felt like it was necessary to be here first and, it came and, and with that traveling um, and traveling like that to be, go to over 35 countries and to be able to live and kind of pick up and move. Can you talk about the process? Because I think last that I've seen, 
you know, 70% of Americans don't have passports, which means, you know, that's why many are ignorant. And so they don't know what's going on in the rest of the world. But most people would make the excuse and say, well, she must be rich, wealthy. Who is financing that? Is she an Instagram model? Like, how does she do that? Because I'm struggling over here and I can't travel. So can you talk about your methods on how you're able to do that? It's easy. I just spend my money differently. I don't buy $600 shoes like some people might do. Preach. Like it's like, <laughs> making the same money, we're just spending it differently. I like like sacrifice an expensive meal so I can have an expensive meal abroad. Like we just spending it differently. Um, so like when I was traveling before I actually took off and just left, me and my friends used to go into places all the time, and we used to sacrifice. I'm talking about we're going to go to happy hour instead of like, you know what I mean? Like, we're not going to buy that Starbucks coffee, whatever, whatever. Like, you just scaling back your lifestyle so you can enjoy other things. Because I prefer spending my money on experiences rather than materials. Like, I don't spend a lot of money shopping and doing I used to, actually. But my dynamics of how I wanted to live my life changed. So a lot of people do have the money. They just don't understand their spending habits and, and, when, and when you're on the road i know in asia you know you um taught english whatnot but how do you sustain yourself many would say well, what type of job can i have that would allow me to live anywhere in the world we as marketers and consultants we have that but sometimes folks will try to make it seem like well that's you and you're special but i say i know many people like Larray who are, you know, they're finding themselves in new lands and on new TV shows because they've decided to travel and they, you know, probably have a fuller life. So what are some of the ways that you have found to sustain yourself while being off the plantation that we call the U.S.? Online. Um, I teach um, Asian children online, part-time. They have part-time um, hours and full-time, well, full-time schools and part-time schools. I choose part-time um, and is able to sustain me pretty well because, again, your lifestyle. Well, in Asia, your money goes really far. You can ball out of control in Asia. <laughs> um, that's why I stayed there the longest. I was having a ball. Besides uh, Japan and South Korea, those was a little, like, it was a little hurtful. Like, oh, this is still like New York. <laughs> Let me get up out of here. Um, you do online things. A lot of people are freelancers, online teaching. Um, when you get here or you get to different countries, you'll find that a lot of folks are lo looking for help in terms of businesses, restaurant businesses and marketing and different trying to reach that tourist or trying to rebrand themselves. They really don't understand how to do it, but they know that's what they need to do. So you become an easy asset for them to employ for a side gig. I like my jobs like three to six months. I don't really like long-term gigs because I just might jump and leave. So it's just best for me not to have much commitment. But like, it's a, a different lifestyle because the money is not constant. Except online teaching, that's like consistent money. But the other gigs, it's just freelance gigs. You just hustling. Let me see where I'm going to get this next money. You just, I miss the constant check. I do miss that life. But I wouldn't switch it because I like the freedom. Like if I feel like going to work, I go to work today. 
if I don't feel like going to work, I don't work today. Oh, sorry, sorry. Um, Lorraine, with uh, uh, the, all the travel that you've, um, that you've done, um, are there any misconceptions uh, being a woman of color in other countries that may have been portrayed differently being from the United States? Ask that question again. So are there, are there any misconceptions with being a person of color in another country that uh, may have been portrayed differently in the United States? Um, I've had conversations with people that, well, I wouldn't go to that country because I don't know how they feel about me being somebody of color, for example. Um, I would say that it will really based on your experience because you can be on the same trip at the same time having two different experiences. Um, and I felt that before, like some people would say, oh, don't go here, so-and-so because they're very racist. And I went there and I was treated like a goddess. Not to say right. that that happened for that person. Right. That wasn't my experience. So a lot of times I don't really... When people tell me, like, tell me about this place. I can only tell you what my experience was, but somebody can go there and have a totally different experience. We can go there at the same time, and I've been, had this experience before, where folks are on the same trip at the same time, and one is loving it, and one is just like, I hate it here. Um, There's different reasons. Or like how you may be perceived, like even like here, mm-hmm. you may go to Benin and like traveling or like, hold on for a second. Oh. Like going to Benin, you might experience like folks not even understanding the concept of you being American because they never seen you before. They don't understand how you got there. Mm-hmm. Or like, they just understand like why you don't speak French or why you may not speak the native tongue. It's just like, and then there's an education that needs to happen. There's like a dialogue between you that you may not be able to get the person to understand. Mm -hmm. You might have a great culture exchange where you get to understand each other and really educate each other on who y'all are as black people, although you are not from the same place. But not even black, more than even black folk. I, I know, you know, it was in Germany. I, I think they treat, you know, people like we treat them in the U.S. where everyone speaks German. So they talk in German real fast. I'm like, hold on, hold on. I want to be treated different in this situation. Usually we want to blend in, but I want to be treated because I don't understand any German. And um, so I, I, I definitely, definitely get that. Now, Lorraine, you have hinted about a book um, in previous media outlets. Where are you on that book? When can we expect it? I really don't know where to end it, and that's my issue. Uh, everyone keeps telling me to make it two parts, and I'm just like, I really don't want to make two books. Um, so it's in the process. I'm in the middle of it, but I'm really like, because my life just keeps getting more interesting. Whenever I think it's like, all right, I think here would be a great ending. Something more crazy happened. It's just like, this would be a great story to tell. 
I made cool. my journey out the different nations. It's been I might separate it where just talking about my experience in living in Africa versus my experiences living in the other nations outside of Africa. That's what it's leaning towards because I think that are two different experiences, two different stories, and it can give the continuation that I've been fighting that I feel like it may be necessary. So, so you're one of those um, author, artist, whatnot, who says the book has to end? Just mm-hmm. put it out there so those who need to be inspired the way, in, the, in that they need to hear your voice um, because, you know, now once you write the book, uh, I, I like to write books, A.L. writes every day something, um, then you have the audio book after. So after you're done with that, it's never going to stop, you know, and people are going to say, we want more and tell us something in detail about this. But this is where, you know, the, the, the royalty checks, whether they be big or small, it'll be a, a blessing in, in the life of others and yours when you get, the, the you know, the check. So you say 2020, that's how we're going to, we're going to wrap that one up. 2020, because the book is done. You... <laughs> I like the, the, the book is done. You just got to share it with the world. It's like, you know, you don't want to let everyone see the diary yet because it's not perfect and it will never be perfect. It'll never be complete until the story is over. Then who's going to put the book out if you don't? True. Yeah. Uh... I feel you. I understand. Message received. Okay. 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 I got that one too, Lorraine. I think I got that message too. Yeah. <laughs> so I think I got I got that message uh, uh, from Kel as well. Oh, okay. Good. You've been, been, been pressing me to put out a book for the like the longest. <laughs> All right. So you 2022? 2020. 2020 as well. No. All right. Y'all. Yeah, y'all, y'all heard it now, you know, because it, it's so easy now. I remember being like 12, having a book I wanted to put out and doing the research and say it's cost $10,000 plus. And now it's a click of a, a button and, and it's quite easy, um, especially when you talk about freelancers, like places like Fiverr.com, where anything that you need, if you can't do it yourself, Fiverr can do it for you. Listen, it's the best thing ever. <laughs> yes. Now, uh, to talk about while you are doing, you know, all this traveling and everything, um, when you like the acting, the modeling, the what is your thing that you like want to be known for? And, w- and what are some projects that you're working on right now? Well, right now, I'm in the process of rebranding. Um... I'm rebranding. You're going to about to know me for jumping around Africa and teaching people how to do that and just promoting areas and places within the nation that people may not think they should go to because it's not properly marketed or it has a negative connotation on whether or not we should be there. Um, just bridging the gap, being one of the players there's a lot of us out here there's a lot of us coming with this whole december initiative i'm really glad and happy of the players that um created it because it sparked a movement that was so necessary and didn't we didn't know how to make it look cool because prior to that whenever you say oh i'm going to africa or i'm going to 
my first trip, I went to South Africa. And I was like, I'm going to South Africa. Why? It was like such a negative energy, negative questions mm-hmm. going on that I stopped saying it until my money was paid in full. And I was like, oh, I'm going to South Africa. So whatever you say, I don't even want to hear it. The money's paid for. I get my money back. I I see you later. And that was that. Um, So now you still have that. But the idea of visiting Africa, picking a country within Africa and visiting is becoming more nurtured within people's mind and training people's mind. And basically, that's what I've been a part of and want to continue to be a part of. Is there is there anything that you um that you prefer more? Just to piggyback off Kel's question, just in terms of being in the arts, uh, actress, model, is there anything that you gravitate towards more? Uh, consulting, you know, teaching. I am such a the way I have tailored my life. I have my passion projects, in which if I like the project, I'll do it whether it's a paid gig or whether it is not a paid gig. If it's not a paid gig, I have to be passionate about it. Whether it's like um, modeling, acting, if it's something creative, I'll do it. I don't really have anything where I'm just like, oh my God, this is my thing. I've always been good at a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Whether I've been great at it, I will, if I care about it, I'll nurture it and be great at it. But that's just been me, like, I'm doing this, I'm doing here. I get bored, I'm going to the next thing. Like, all right, this was fun. I'll hand it over to somebody. Like, this is your baby now. I'm moving on. Mm -hmm. I'm versatile like that. So I don't know. I just can't pin myself down to one thing like that. It keeps me active. It keeps me um, meeting new people, challenging myself, see what it is next that I can do. That's what's up. That's what's up. Kept, uh, we were doing some doing some research and uh, saw your uh, saw your real and like your your uh, your charisma, your personality. It, it just it just shines. I was like, I was like, she has the it factor. Like you got that like got that thing, whatever that thing is. I don't know. Uh, Professor X, the the X team. I like to like I like to do my creative stuff, but like if you notice, I just go back into. The cave and mm-hmm. I, I work behind the scenes a lot um there's a lot of projects that people don't know that i've been a part of and i like to keep it like that okay i just i don't want really want the thing because i'm like i'm zany i'm out there but i like my privacy i'm also introverted when i'm extroverted i'm extroverted when i'm not i don't want to be bothered and that's that that's <laughs> it I, f- I feel like Lorraine and I, if we not twins, we're cousins somewhere down the line because, <laughs> you know, you, you, I mean, I'm a, I'm a, I do what I want to do when I want to do it, even in marriage and kids, because people think that holds you back. But we just came back from Kenya, Lorraine, and brought 30 people for a client of ours for his platform. And my kids are saying, we were just getting off the road for two months. And my kids said, hold on, you going without us? And I said, I used to do this all the time, but that like that, you know, I got to go when I got to go um, and I'm majority here, but I, I feel that spirit. But while in Ghana, and I know that um, Nigeria was on the list of yours too, I am the biggest owner of Nigerian movies. 
um, who does someone who does not sell them. Have they not seen your reel, or have you have you jumped on a set yet of a Nigerian or Ghana film? Um, I've been to a few sets, but I have not been in front of the camera. Um, just on, I've done some things in Ghana in terms of like hosting. Like I did a show with hosting, but not in terms of behind the scenes, but movie wise, because the movie industry here is a little, no, it's a lot different. It's not even a little different. It's a lot different. Mm -hmm. It's just not my thing yet because this is, well, see back home, if you working over a certain amount of time, there's like rules and regulations. There's my time that's going to call so-and-so and so like here is real different. Like, there's no regulations to how they treat you and stuff like that. And I'm just like, if I don't love your project, I'm not going to do it. I don't care. In terms of Nigeria, I've been invited many times. Um, 2020 will be the time I actually go. And they're pretty much, the invite was pretty much like, come here, see what you want to do. Let it pop, and that's just, it's just been like that. And I'm just like, all right, I'll take. The, the, they're and waiting. They're waiting for you on on film. Uh, don't 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 shy. I could see it because you see it in their films. So many times, a white person will come, and they'll just throw them in the movie. Vice actually did a piece on this a couple of years ago where one of their guys was actually able to play like a white priest, but they can, they can do it for all Americans. I've seen it um, just because of the accent and also because of what AL said, the it factor, which you've heard your whole life. And it probably has you say, man, I got this it factor. I'm never going to, you know, sink. I'm always going to, you know, arise so I can do what I want to do. And that I could just see there's a role for you. And unlike Hollywood, there's not a lot of um, boundaries, as you were saying. It's freedom. It's kind of a, um, you know, shooting in the wild, wild west type style compared right. to, or, you know, the organization that one may be used to here and the limitations. I can say that about, say that about Ghana because I haven't mm -hmm. seen the back end of the Nigerian film industry. I just know that they're the biggest and they kick in behind when it comes to producing films out here. I think they're number one. Are they number one yet? Um, Nigeria produces more movies, but as far as it, it, Hollywood and Bollywood still, you know, have it, um, have it be just because there's so, so much money in Hollywood and so much money because of Bollywood. I mean, you're talking about over a billion people. Right. Okay. You, you, yeah, but. Yeah, but they they I, I can see I can see it. I'm actually going to something. If you have a new reel, send it to me. I'm going yeah. to something next next month in Miami that all the TV will be there. And I, I again I can just see it. Um, you know, the Ghana films though try to look like Hollywood films sometimes where they over sexualized. And the beauty of African film was that you could watch it with the whole family. Some of that is changing now. But um you know. yeah, there's a lot of American influence in a lot of things here. That I mean, I mean, it's gonna happen when you have these type of crossovers. But um, I hope that they hold on to their culture as we merge and exchange different cultures. People coming from abroad, we're like really vibing. But I really don't want them to lose the concept of who they are, because then it'll defeat the purpose of coming to Ghana. Like. And I'm coming there for it, like we would do and be the same thing that happens abroad. You know what I mean? 
You talk about that. Um, I, I, I'm one of those. I'm probably like, you know, always. This is what I tell black Americans, because, you know, black Americans will go somewhere once and we know it. And we act like, oh, yeah, even though, you know, we'll, the Chris Rock joke of Jamaica will go from the van, from the <laughs> airport to the resort. Word. And that's all we saw and say Jamaica is a beautiful country passing, you know, the worst poverty. But talk about that, because I have had to tell um, various people, don't go to Africa or any country and act like you're going to teach the people something. Go there to learn and soak it up. But what have you seen, given that this is the year of return, so many Black Americans are in Ghana. Are, have you seen some embarrassing moments? And, and what would be your advice to the people when they come? Um, you're going to have two different types of people. You're going to have those who's going to love it and those who's going to be like, yeah, they, 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 I don't know what, this is not it. Um, and that's all acceptable. Some mm-hmm. folks gonna feel like this is my home, and then there's gonna be some folks that's gonna be like, "Yeah, nah, this is not it," and that's totally okay. When I'm finding that people are they're feeling conflicted of thinking differently about the group thought of come back home, it may not be home for you, and that is that is fine. What I want people to take with them when they come here is. Just leave your expectation of what you think Africa should be, because a lot of us have been trained to think of certain things that may, may not be true or different. Like all the countries are different. The regions are different. Like this is a whole different type of monster that I'm still learning how to navigate. Um, Unlike many other countries I've visited in the past, because you can go, I went to Egypt, Kenya, Morocco, Senegal, Togo, South Africa, and Tanzania so far. And they're all same, same, but different. Mm. How are you gonna be treated as different? The tribes, like the languages, the foods are similar, but different. Like how this one may navigate eating with your left hand versus not mm-hmm. eating with your to learn like so much when you're interacting and dealing with different cultures here is just like wow and even within tribes this is other layers that i've never experienced so it's just like you have to be open-minded else you're not going to like it or you're not going to be able to blend or interact well with the folks here because it's going to be so much newness that it's just going to clam up and just like have a negative energy towards it like, I had to learn, like, okay, when I'm offending someone and just rush it off, like, oh, I didn't mean that. I'm sorry. I didn't know that. Because I'm still learning. I'm making mistakes within the process. And that's okay. We're going to talk about it. We're going to joke about it afterwards. <laughs> I'm going to give you why I did what I did. You're going to tell me why you just screamed at me. And then we're going to, like, talk about it. And we're going to be friends. It's really that simple. Um, so a lot of folks may speak their but they should have this, they should have that. We don't want, we wanna be mindful of what we bring in here. We wanna be mindful of the charity. I think that's also a problem. People always think they wanna give. What are you actually giving? Mm-hmm. What you're giving, can it be fed days after you left? Then you ain't really doing much. Like the black folks around the world in general, I think they have to, 
change the way that they think about helping us. A lot of folks want to just give money. Great. But some of us can't be here. Some of us don't even, should not even come because you're not going to be any positive energy here. You're not going to do anything worthwhile. Keep your ass home. And that's <laughs> Those of us who want to actually really build and can withstand what it's like to be in a country as it's developing and changing, fine. Boots to the ground, let's work. Those who cannot send the money for those who can. So they can continue the process and really build it. But the idea of someone else is going to help you build it, no. It has to be black folks. It's on, we are only going to take care of each other like we know how. Other folks are just going to do it, but they're going to do it half-assed. No, that's that, that 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 that's that's real. That that's that's real real talk. And what's funny is, even when you get there and you start traveling, when you go from West Africa to East Africa, you know there's differences, but there's also so many similarities. I always tell people, Gary in West Africa is in Sima in South and East Africa, and you know, but people don't know, and um, even on the continent they don't know. And it was kind of meant for things to not be known, you know, for the powers that be, um, to not teach that in anybody's school. Um, they, there's so many similarities. Have you uh, learned the uh, local language um, or the dialect in uh, Ghana? Everybody always asks me that. Nope, I have not. <laughs> <laughs> I learned the slang. I'm trying to learn pigeon, but I'm failing at it so bad. Um, I my problem is I live in God territory and everyone wants me to learn tree. And I'm just like, but that's not, okay, that can't help me across the borders. Like at least if I speak pigeon, I can speak that in Nigeria, Senegal. I, I can like navigate through different cultures with it, even though for some folks it may not be very feminine. I'm like, whatever, I don't give a damn. You're gonna learn. <laughs> as long as we communicate, we good. But but pigeon even is so different between the English and then the you know French speaking. But I always see it as broken up. You know when we do an ebonics, I mean that's our pigeon. Um, I like it because I can at least pick up what you're saying, even yeah. if I don't know language through the words of broken English. I can pick up and get the the, the gist of what you're trying to tell me, and we can communicate. Yeah. Now, here, here's a question you have probably never been asked on an interview. How many times and how much has a gentleman offered to pay a bride price while you're there in Africa? Uh, <laughs> I calm down a lot now. When I first got here, I mean, <laughs> when I first got here, I think my first visit it was uh, a guy at the airport Well, he offered a house and electricity. <laughs> I was just like, oh, that's cute. <laughs> <laughs> um, when I got to Ghana, at, right in immigration, it was just like, you want a husband with your visa? It was like cute <laughs> jokes. <laughs> uh -oh. um, when I told my age, they were really like, nah, we're going to get you married today. <laughs> today. No, they don't. They don't play with that marriage stuff. They want you married quicker than now. No time for courtship. And then I've thought of actually doing a tour there for women out here who really want to get married bad. Oh, we we do some African oh, tours. 
popping up with that, honey. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> it's about to be lit. Matchmaking, 90 Day Fiance is about to be on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and, and have, has, you know, somebody offered the house. Were you, did you, you know, were you prepared for that when coming or was it a shock? Was it offensive? Did you, well, what are your feelings? At first I was like, what the hell? But then I, I thought like, okay, where I am, that may be like an honor because, hey, I can afford to buy you a house with electricity. Like, what's good? <laughs> like, I'm gonna treat you well. Um, at first it was like, what? And then I just laughed about it. Like, boy, bye, like, I'm good. He said, I'll even give you the cell phone. I'm like, all right, have those things, but thank you. <laughs> and then we got upgraded to business class. It was great. Like, whatever. Hey, man. Um, I learned not to take offense to it. I learned to, that's the, the culture. Like, if someone likes you, that's what they're going to do. They're going to present themselves as, how can I court you into a marriage? It's not like back home where there's, like, the dating process for some places. You might have it, but it's really short. Like when somebody decides they want to marry you, it's all about saving up to make sure you have a life that they want you to be able to have and paying the bride price. And some guys don't even have a, a woman now, but they like, I need to have a good job so I can save stuff for marriage. Wow. It's the thing. Save up for marriage. Because you'd have to be able to take care of your wife and the future children. Yeah. That needs to be contagious <laughs> all over <laughs> the U.S. <laughs> right? Listen. <laughs> so they can be able to afford to have a family. It's costly. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And, and, I, and, I, and I just asked that because of the circles you may be in and people see, you know, uh, Lisa Ray and say, man, can she find a prince everywhere she goes or, you know, somebody. <laughs> but it, it's. She done got embarrassed with that guy. <laughs> you find the end to that story? I didn't follow up. I just saw it quick on Twitter. I was just like, oh, boy. No, but she, you know, she, it's like her second time of finding somebody, you know, uh, she's like the Meghan Markle, and she can go, you know, go everywhere. But I find even funny story doing this big gospel conference um, and or award show, whatever it was, and a lot of the gospel Black women love Italy because the men want to get married just like the African men on day one. And I said, so where's your ring? You know, because here we are, you know, at the gospel thing. But, you know, you find when you do church professionally, sometimes that folks are um, the same inside and out where, you know, want to have a good time, want to be treated right. just want to be spoiled because in the States, that's a little difficult to do. But even how you receive it can be even different, you know? I, someone come up to you in Brooklyn, hey, I, I want to buy you a house. <laughs> you know? It's a little different. Yeah. Yeah, we're... I mean, it, especially with American guys, because they don't really talk about a future with you if they're not serious about you. Like, but you, it can be game, though. Here, it's both ways. You have those that are serious, and you have those that's just spitting game. Like want to get you in bed or like you will find that they will say what they need to say I mean it's it's real common it could be a guy that's looking to date you or a guy that's really looking seriously trying to marry you but a lot of them 
fail or don't do very well because you don't know each other. You didn't take any time to actually know who I even like you. That takes a little time. I mean, at least that's the first date. Like, but folks, they jump into these marriages pretty fast. Do you find that they last? Uh, the divorce rate here is pretty high because in some cases, again, you don't know each other. You're getting married because that's what you're supposed to do. That's what you was told to do. This guy looks good on paper. His family looks good. You look good on paper. Your family is good. Y'all can afford to be together. He can afford the bride price. Y'all get married. What I'm finding is a lot of people do not live with their spouses. A lot of them live abroad. A lot of them, I don't know, it's just unhappily married. It's a lot of um, jumping around here. Because it's like one degree of separation. So in my age group, everybody married. So it's really challenging for me to date here. Because if they're not married, they're two years old. And I'm just like, I don't have anything to relate to this little kid here. That thinks I'm a kid because I look like I'm two. <laughs> so it's been really challenging. I'm about to like, that's another reason why I'm going to dip out and explore more because I need to see and experience some other cultures with some men my age, hopefully, that are not married or two years old. <laughs> or two years old. Yeah. R2, R2, yeah, it's R2. Well, when you when you dip before before you go dip to like when you go to Nigeria and if you go see Cameroon, let me know. Um that that's the second home, if not the first. But uh, it'd be a bunch of men who in French will woo you, you know, in French and in English and 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 whatnot. Bride price when you try to cross the border, uh, <laughs> the bride price will be already set all type of cows and deeds to houses and everything. Um, so, you know, no, that, that, that's awesome. AL, you have a question? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. So, Lorraine, uh, with the guests that we have here on uh, Diversify Game, we definitely like to peel the layers back. And um, not, not too long ago, um, you know, you had this bit about uh, giving and, um, you know, being cognizant of giving. Um, do you have a give back in terms of, um, uh, like charity, or are there any causes that uh, really tickle your fancy or that you're really passionate about? Um, I don't do charity. I like to call it, what can I call it? I'll do service work. Like when I'm working with companies or brands that I feel like are really impactful, um, mm -hmm. it's usually with um, things that's like teaching children or the college kids, like girls, what is it? Hold on. Girls who code, D-band code, girls who code. I think it's girls who code. Girls and who code, yeah, that's a real one. Yeah, it's a real one, right? Is yeah, it here, yeah. right? It's, uh, um, it's like it, 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 it's spread. Um, I'm in again. I'm in Seattle. That thing is spread. There's like branches all over. Okay. There's and there's um, black girls that code as well. I mean, it's <laughs> right. It's yeah. Stuff like that. Teaching the youth actual skills that's going to actually help, help them compete in the world and actually give them something after you're gone. Like I do work with a lot of businesses and charities and initiatives like before when I got here, uh, mental health. 
was not something that people understood, even acknowledged, and thought it was just like, that's stupid. He's just like, you know what I mean? They didn't really understand like the concept of taking care of your mental health. Um, folks said that wouldn't change. It's changing. The conversation's starting to happen. There's lots of initiatives around it. Um, I volunteered with the group to like get the conversation normalized. That's what it really is, right? Um, mm -hmm. It wasn't really normal for them to even talk about mental health. And I'm seeing a great difference in that conversation and more businesses, people taking it seriously, talking about it, depression. It didn't have a, a word in tree to talk about depression. So how are you supposed to relate that to people? What, what right. are they supposed to talk about? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, so I'm really happy like those initiatives and folks that's coming to build are giving real progress and real tools that can go far and long besides a charity giving you clothes and some food. Like, teach them how to farm. Like, we'll actually build resources that will actually be sustainable, sustainable like long, long, long after you're gone. Mm -hmm. Now, you said teach them how to farm. Where does a, a New Yorker learn how to farm? <laughs> resources to farm. Uh, just like nurturing the land, teaching about soil. Like some places, um, what was it? I forgot the company's name. They were in Kenya. They were going to the outskirts and giving them tools, resources, um, responsible farming. And mm. it's a freaking remember the name. And that, that's a big thing. And anybody who, you know, does mental health here, whether, you know, that that word in America, you could have a high school diploma and do mental health or you could have a Ph.D. M.D. But in most of Africa, I mean, that was considered witchcraft. But it's funny because growing up, you know, we would be called, you know, uh, just crazy. There was no depression. Oh, that voice is crazy or, you right, know, that's, that's <laughs> you're just crazy. And um, getting that, changing that conversation is um, what we experienced in our past when, it, when we didn't know about mental health. Yeah, yeah. So, so okay. Well, so you have a lot more to teach and resources to give. So that means you have a lot of books to, you know, write. So, uh, you know, it's just going to be back to back to back <laughs> <laughs> on those books and DVDs to help the you know, to help the people, because I think there's going to be a mass migration of people back to Africa of all colors, but um, black folk need to go see their roots because that's that's part of just, you know, that's what the, everybody does to feel whole. So I, I can't wait for part two, round two. I know that I, I want to have you on um, some other shows if you'd be so kind. So watch out for those emails, whatnot. Um, Definitely. I'm, a, I'm here. Yeah, I'm, you're about you about to you about to get it. <laughs> it's on film. You're about to get it. So I want I want to thank you for coming on. Is there anything you want to leave the the audience with? Um, I want to leave the audience with this. I noticed that okay, everybody's being inspired to trace their roots, and I'm glad to hear that. But I want them to be very conscious to use only AfricanAncestry.com solely um, because it's the only uh, 
particular company that will actually trace you to your actual country and your actual tribe, unlike the other ones that will just give you your 50% West African. No shit. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that particular one is black owned. They don't sell your um, DNA. And no, I don't get paid for them. I just want to educate the people so they make the proper choice with this particular information. And that's what I want to leave the people with. Well, well, thank you, thank you, thank you for being so kind, and 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 thank the host for being uh, so quiet, and especially that baby, because babies do what babies do, and uh, <laughs> he's not feeling it. He's upset. I'm just like, Lord. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, until next time, y'all, we have given you the game on how to make it and travel abroad with Lorraine Thomas. Check her out. All her info will be in the description box. LorraineThomas.com. Be blessed. Thank you, guys.